0: You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast.
1: I want to talk to you about things that we fight. Now, I am not going to tell Luca all of the things that I did as a child when he grows up. I was a good child. Let's set the narrative straight tonight. I was a good child... Um, I, I did not get into a lot of trouble, I um, do not do not believe to my recollection that I ever had the police called on me, and so to the best of my knowledge, so that's good, that's a good thing, that's a good start in life right there when you don't have that, um, but we had fun, and there's something about uh, a boy, and uh, that has a little bit of a fight in him. He's got a little bit of a competitive edge in him. You know, it's just everything's a game. Everything's sort of a competition. Nobody's going to help me preach on Sunday night here tonight. Um, I, I thought that this was just something that men did until I was blessed to have nieces. And when they got together, I realized that they, they like, girls like to fight too. And uh, it's, just, it's just something inside of people, I guess, whatever it is. And so we we had competitions as a co- as a kid growing up. I was in, I was in some some different things. I was in, heavily engaged and involved in my church, and our church had a lot of different programs and things. And one of the things they had they had a scouting event, so I was in scouts, and we had many different youth activities and different kinds of things. And I I literally lived at the church. I literally was raised at the church. My parents were not pastors, were not uh, preachers, were not in the ministry. And in in that regard, they were just people who worked at the church so much that I grew up at the church. So it became my life. And and when we would get together, we, we always found a way to have competitions and fight. Did anybody ever play war? All right, thank you. I got, some, I got a few honest people here tonight. Play war. We'd play war. We'd have war. Now, we had no clue in context what war, the, the, the nasty, horrific things of war. And so to us, it was just a game that we played. One, one of the games that we'd play often would be, um, we'd, we'd call it war, but you could call it whatever. I think now today they call it capture the flag or whatever, and you'd set something out in the woods and or wherever it was, and you had to go try to find something, and uh, you had to try to capture that. Two teams would separate, and they'd go off, and you'd try to ha- trying to capture that before, um, before anybody else got there, And, and, and any, noth- anything, was, anything was, was legal, right? So you could capture somebody else and take them prisoner. I mean, we pulled out, played war, so we did that. I'll never forget one time. one of the worst things that ever happened in my life, I thought at the time was I was running through the woods and, and uh, I, was the, I was the guinea pig. And so I'd sneak out and get them chasing me. And if they chase me, then it left it vulnerable and we could go and we could capture that. So I was the one real, willing to do that. And I'm running through the woods. and It's about 2.30 in the morning or something, pitch black kind of thing when the tree coverage over there. You can't really see I'm Running through the woods and you're, you're going through thickets. There's no trail here. And, and I'm just going through and I'm pulling down all, all of the different... Um, uh, vines and things there theirs were running through and I probably I don't know I was probably about twelve or thirteen years old at the time maybe fourteen and I went through and I remember grabbing a vine and I had a glove on. It was winter, middle of winter and I had a glove on and I ripped the I, I ripped my glove. I thought it was going to come out but I was going full force and I about hung myself on these thorn bush of vines and I had one of these horrible scars that came so I still have probably some scars if you look really close in there. We took this serious. We had fun. And of course, then, you know, they captured me and was, I'm like, I'm dying, I'm dying, you know, and they thought, oh my goodness, you know, kind of thing. And we captured the flag and we won the game. And so, you know, it was, it was good. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what, what happened. We did anything. In our now, now, Brother Kendall, this never should happen. This should never happen on youth outings, but we went on youth outings We went to these old campgrounds these old dilapidated campgrounds and we stayed in these old dormitories they didn't have air conditioning or heating or windows or anything else and man it was just the best pillow fights in the world and Whatever it was, it was always a fight. There was always a game. It, whatever we did, wherever we were at, anybody might know what I'm talking about, it always ended up being this competition kind of thing, whereas us against them. And so I move here to O'Fallon, and I'm so excited because I thought, man, ev- I'm getting away from that, and everybody is so nice and so kind and so polite. And then I went to the very first bonfire, and... <laughs> They had they were throwing marshmallows, folks. They weren't just throwing marshmallows. They got marshmallow guns. Like they came, they came ammoed up. Brother Randall, so kind. I still he gifted me that marshmallow gun. I still hold on to that. And it's just something about it, it's something in our nature. That We like to do that. But that's fun and games. But what I want to talk to you about tonight is not something that is fun and games. It's not something that we engage in for competition or for strategy, and then we can just stop, call it a night, and we go home. We are truly in a fight, a serious fight. We are in the midst of great, Spiritual warfare. If we are not careful, and let me say this to the young people, let me say this to those of us that are, are maybe not as old as some others, and we may have more than half of our life to go. If we're not careful, we'll think that the context of the world that we've been born in is just the way it is, and we cannot, we will not see how quick things have changed and how quick things have moved. Can I tell you that we are seeing a massive, massive moral revolution unfold before our eyes. We are seeing everything that has any type of a definition be redefined. We are seeing. And here's what the prophet said. Woe to them that call good evil and those that call evil good. Now there's some dark things even in the, in the history of this continent where, where finally we thank God that we've moved past certain of those aspects, but we are seeing unprecedented things at no other time in the civilization and the history of the world. Just the very rebellion, the spirit of rebellion. And let me qualify that. It is a spirit of rebellion against Almighty God. It is not flesh and blood that we war against. It is not human beings that we war against. It is not men and women that we war against. It is a spirit of rebellion against Almighty God in the world, a man that is pushing these things through. And whenever you see somebody that is an agent for that, which is contrary and in direct defiance to the Word of God, they are simply a vessel or an individual. They are simply a sinner. And let us not forget, if it had not been for the grace of God, where would we be? Where would we be? But maybe in those same places. I still thank God that His grace has power to reach. And the Bible says that where sin doth abound, grace doth much more more abound and so we have that hope and we have that faith but let's not be mistaken we are in a battle we are in a fight amen we are living to see the day amen where everything that has any definition is going to be turned upside on its head we've seen this most notably and let me say this we don't talk probably often enough about it from this pulpit because I assume that you are paying attention to the news and I assume that you have a right worldview. But do not be mistaken that when culture will align itself and and, and cozy up next to the ideology that God did not create man in His image, male and female, did did He create them? Amen. When culture aligns to that, it is an alignment with a rebellion against God. God, it's a spirit of rebellion that's against God, and we're seeing that, Amen. Today, uh, in our culture, now it's not just enough to have one social status, uh, uh, male or female or option, but literally it's going to be multiple options. And the hypocrisy and the the uh, 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 the irony of it, the, the 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 absolute insanity of it, is that we are moving toward a day where I, as a blonde hair blue eyed male can say that I am whatever, even though I'm still a blonde hair, blue eyed male, I can say I, 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 I'm I not an American. I don't speak English. I, am, I can be whatever I want to be. And the world have to agree with that because we're so afraid of offending somebody else, folks, and nobody will speak truth. That's the problem. That's what's happening in our world. Nobody wants to speak truth. And if truth offends in any way... Then we, we, we are just as a society saying, well, then let's just all act like it, it doesn't really happen. And we are literally living in an emperor's new clothes type scenario and situation. I'm going to go on record and say that I'd rather preach truth that hurts somebody, but has the power to heal somebody than to preach a lie that may comfort them in their misery, but will kill them in the end. A lie will not save you, but truth shall set you free. It's realities. We don't want to face reality. And so that's our culture. That's the way, that's the way of the world. That's where we're going. And in fact, though, the things that we are attempting to do in our society and in our Christian nation, the things that we are passing are things that not even we saw in Sodom and Gomorrah and other societies in the history of the world, in the Roman and the Greek cultures. We haven't even seen these things in the Greek and the Roman cultures. And Christ said that those generations would rise up. They would rise up in judgment of the generation that we are seeing. So now we are living in an interesting time, folks, because it's going to happen so fast. It's happening so fast. It's happening so fast. Now, it, it took a little bit. It was slow at the beginning. It was real slow at the beginning. But we're, we're moving into a day where all kinds of gross uh, immorality and sexual sins are going to be pacified, and they're going to be accepted, and they're going to be okay. And uh, Uh, I don't want to say too much because of our children that are in here, but you are aware of some of the actual absurd perversions that prey on victims of young people that in circles, in academia, in collegiate areas, we are saying this is acceptable. As a society, we are saying this is acceptable and judges don't want to touch it. Can I tell you, we are stepping into uncharted territory. No preacher of the gospel has ever had to deal with this kind of thing before. And So in this last and evil day, can I tell you, we need messengers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need people that are not afraid to declare, thus saith the Lord, that are not afraid to stand up and preach the unadulterated truth of Almighty God. Amen. And so you ought to pray. Pray pray for every preacher of the gospel of Jesus. I pray for every preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Even I pray for those that do not have the revelation of the mighty God in Christ Jesus. I still pray for them. I still pray for every person that holds the Bible and that ascribes a certain thing, even if they don't believe in Jesus' name, baptism. Even if they don't believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit, evidence by speaking in other tongues, but they still are trying to follow along in the word of God, I pray God bless them. God lead them. You know what's going to happen? And I'll just, I'll just go out on a limb. What's going to happen is as our world gets worse and worse, we have seen many fragments in religion, and we're going to continue to see more fragments in religion and all kinds of different things. All kinds of chaos is going to hit the Christian world. It already has in America. But what's going to happen is people that used to look at oneness apostolics and say they're crazy, they're nuts, they're out of their mind, what happens as culture keeps knocking down these things and these ideals, what happens is we are more and more often being left in a tighter fellowship of believers that still say, I believe in the word of God. Amen. Can I tell you, not everybody that is spirit-filled, amen, is necessarily rejecting the Bible. There is a whole group of people out there in our society that have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, but they believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. You know what? This may be the greatest thing that could happen. I'm not wishing it. I'm not praying for it. But if persecution ever comes to our country, it's going to immediately identify those who really believe that the Bible is the word of God and how many amen are willing to give their life you know what I believe I believe that there's going to be a whole lot of Christians and Baptist Methodist Lutheran whatever kind you say we may find ourselves in the same jail cell together saying how did you get here well I'll tell you how I got here but let me tell you something else the power of the Holy Ghost hallelujah has the ability to set us free I'm just believing that so you better you better you better understand why i make friends amen with believers that don't understand and see everything in scripture because when i gave my life on an altar to jesus christ for ministry i knew that very there was very much a likelihood and i pray not i pray not but there's very much a likelihood that my generation would live to see the day where when we went to the pulpit and preached the gospel we could be taking our very life in our own hands And I tell you, if we live to see that day, I'm going to tell you, everywhere persecution hit the church, I say it a lot, but I'm going to tell you again, amen, there was great revival. (laughs) I'm praying for revival. I'm not praying for persecution. Don't, Don't get me wrong. Don't persecute me tonight. I'm not praying for persecution. I just want to go on record and say that. But everywhere there was persecution, there was great revival. We've been praying for revival a long time. So how does this have to happen? How does this have to come? I don't know how this happens to come. But I'll tell you whether persecution comes or not, there are four things that we must fight. And I want to move on. Amen. First thing that we must fight, we found in Ephesians chapter number six, and we preached or we read from this in our text where he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The attack of the enemy, those spiritual Forces that are fighting against the kingdom of God. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. What does it say? But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. In high places. Can I tell you that there is a spiritual dominion in our community? I don't want to spook anybody out, but there is a spiritual dominion in the metro east of St. Louis and you can feel it. It's tangible. If you pray and you're sensitive, you can feel it there. There is a stronghold there that needs to be broken. I am praying, God, you give us liberty. You give us direction. You teach us. You show us the strongholds that need to be broken. Let us break through those strongholds. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. At the end of the day, our church problems are not a money problem. It's not a building problem. It's not a member problem. No problem that we could ever have amen it's a spiritual problem and we've got to fight against the forces of darkness that would to God that the gospel of Jesus Christ not be spread I wonder if there's anybody in here that's committed to some spiritual warfare in your life and in your home that's why you got to be careful what you do when you get up on Monday morning because you are fighting amen you are a soldier in the army of God whether you like it or not and we are living in a day where we do not get to be pacifist. We are not allowed to be spiritual pacifists. You can't just say, well, I'm going to let somebody else do the preaching. I'm going to let somebody else do the worship. I'm going to let somebody else do the praying. You will not win that war. You will not win that battle. You have got to step up for yourself. You got to do your own praising, your own praying, your own preaching, your own understanding. Because we are in a spiritual war. Somebody say Amen. Amen. Let's go on. 2 Corinthians, chapter number ten. What does it say? For though we walk in the flesh, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war. After we do the flesh. not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare for, are not carnal. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not marshmallow guns, folks. It's not swords, but they are what. Mighty through God God to To the the pulling pulling down down of
0: strongholds.
1: strongholds. Amen. I got good news tonight. Hallelujah. There's no devil that's been invented. (laughs) There's no spirit that's been commissioned that is greater than almighty God. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's so why some people try to solve now? Now I'm not against it. I'm I'm, I'm for doctors. I'm, I thank God for doctors. I thank God for psychologists. I thank God for counselors. I thank God for all those people. I'm for all of that stuff. I think that's awesome. But you cannot solve a spiritual problem with a physiological, biological, psychological antidote or prescription. A spiritual problem can only met with a spiritual prescription. And that's where there's power in the name of Jesus that we sung about tonight. Amen. We have power. Amen. In the name of the Lord. So the first thing that we fight against is we fight against kingdom enemies. We fight in the spiritual warfare. You spite. You fight. You spite. You may spite. But you fight Uh, In spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare, that's why it's important when you come to the house of God, that your heart be ready and be open, that you lift up the name of the Lord and that you magnify God. That's why it's important every day. Have I lost you already? Have I preached too long? Amen. I just want to make sure I haven't preached too long tonight. You fight in spiritual warfare every day of your life. That's why you got to be careful what you allow to come into your mind, into your heart. Because you're fighting against spiritual warfare. All right, the second thing that we fight, second thing that we fight, that we're going to fight, and this is something that we'll constantly do. Somebody find Jude chapter 1 and verse 3. Uh, let's, let's start at Jude chapter 1, verse 1. Jude,
0: the servant of Jesus Christ and yes. brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and yes. preserved in Jesus Christ and called, All right. mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. All right. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly
1: contend for the faith. Okay, he says it was needful. Everybody say needful. Needful for me to write and exhort you, what? That that you you should should
0: earnestly contend for the faith.
1: Earnestly contend
0: for the faith, which was what? Once delivered unto the saints. Okay, read on. For there are certain men, crept, are certain in men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Yes, Ungodly men, Go turning ahead. the grace of our God into lasciviousness Yes, and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The second thing that you will fight
1: in your life is that is false doctrine. Somebody say bad doctrine wrong doctrine. It's bad thinking. It's incorrect thinking. It's a twisting of the gospel. It's a polluting of the gospel. Anything that is not the whole truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ will curse you. It will lead you astray. And Paul felt so strongly about it that he said this, though I or an angel from heaven personify come down and preach to you any other gospel, let him be accursed. What we have given you is truth. If I lose my mind, church, if I if I go to sleep one day and I wake up and I'm not in my right mind and I start saying crazy stuff, amen, you better earnestly contend for the faith because it's important that your thinking, that your understanding is right. And he says this, you're going to fight. You're going to have to earnestly fight. Why? Because there are things that will creep in unaware. Hallelujah. Can I tell you, our work in church will never be done as a pastor your work is never done you know why because the moment you preach on something something else is trying to keep in and come in some other way now I don't want to scare anybody or gross anybody out but we had a a successful thing this week we had as a big deal operation mousetrap here at the church praise God and I don't know where they came from. I don't know where, where, where they came from, but, but they crept in here. And I there is nothing, well, maybe, maybe there are a few things I can think of. But I hate mice. Let's just put it that way. I would rather deal with snakes and reptiles than mice. There's something about these diseased little creatures These little varmints that walk around. I mean, they can bite you. You're going to die because of the disease, I mean, that they got in there. Just disgusting kind of thing. But but snakes, you know, snakes are okay. They're they're scary and they hiss at you and all that stuff. But you can see a snake. Mice are just, I mean, you ever had a mouse run across your foot or something? It's just the grossest thing in the world kind of thing. I I don't mind tarantulas. I've been in the Dominican. The tarantula walk right by. That's fine. That's okay. Amen. But get mice out of my sight, and they snuck in here. I hadn't seen a mouse in two and a half years until two weeks ago, and on Sunday night, there was the church mouse, <laughs> and he'd come running out of that storage closet into here, and a few of you guys were messing around, and you did a horrible job because you didn't get him, and so I come back the next week, and somebody else said they saw, Brother Brimer, you were here, and you saw a mouse run across in the kitchen and that was just horrible oh my goodness I just can't I can't handle that and so I was in my office the next Sunday and a few Sundays ago it happened to me that there was I heard a little scratching sound and out from underneath the billboard crawled a bug I didn't mind that I killed that bug that was no problem there I was fine but then I heard this little scratching sound, and I thought I got another bug in there, and found out it was nasty old mice. But thank God for mouse traps, Amen. We went out last Sunday night. I say we, I mean Brother Kendall went out, and we bought twelve. <laughs> thank God for Brother Kendall, we bought twelve mouse traps. We set them around everywhere. We put he put peanut butter on the mouse traps to get them. We come in Monday morning and they have licked all of the traps clean, not an inch of peanut butter anywhere, not one mouse. And so we said, we're not going to play this game. We're pulling out all the stops. We got poison. We got glue strips. We put them everywhere and we captured those suckers all over this place. (laughs) Wednesday, we threw them out, praise God. There has not been another mouse spotted in the church since then. Can I get a hallelujah? And I just discussed it, Sister Carol, she had to go get some hand sanitizer, amen, right there, this kind of thing right there. Thank God we have hand sanitizer, all the... I'm telling you, those things are nasty, but they creep in just unaware. Can I tell you, that's how, the, that's how the thinking is of the world. It'll just creep in. You don't even know it. And it's like, where do these things come from? And they multiply so quick. Can I tell you, one bad thought, one bad line of thinking, one thing that says, hey, well, maybe God's word isn't really, maybe it didn't really mean this. Maybe I can do this. Can I tell you, when you take a step in that direction, when you invite those things, it will unravel all. All kinds of torture and torment in your spiritual life, and it will unleash all kinds of chaos. And before you know it, it'll permeate into everything else. And Paul said, and Jude said, you've got to contend for the faith. You've got to have a passion for the for the truth of God's gospel, for the truth of the Word of God. Can I tell you? If there's one thing that I am passionate about, it's here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord, and that. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. Amen. And if I can focus on those things in my life and I can understand the revelation of God and I can know to give my whole heart to God, then I know I can head in that right direction. That thinking that comes in that says, hey, you can do this without, you, you can live this Christian life, you can live a duplicitous lifestyle, you can live however you want. Can I tell you that? That's bad thinking. That's bad thinking. People, people die because of bad thinking. People get caught up in cults. You know, you know, there are cults out there. There's all kinds of crazy religious cults out there. People get caught up in that, and it's bad thinking that kills them. It's not the Kool-Aid, it's the bad thinking. Now, it may be the Kool-Aid, but the Kool-Aid, it's the bad thinking. You understand what I'm saying? That's the tragedy of it. What in the world would make you fly? I mean, folks, do you know how many... People are on YouTube saying that they are Jesus Christ. Have you ever, have you ever looked at that? Don't, don't waste your time. It's just absolutely ridiculous. About every language in the world that you can think, there's somebody somewhere saying, I am Jesus Christ. I am come back. And of course, they want all your money and they want all this stuff. I mean, yeah, like suits. Can I tell you what kind of thinking? You better know who God is. You better have, you better, you better fight for the truth. Of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I, is that all right to say that? We've got to contend for the faith. We've got to fight for the faith. Amen. I'm preaching too long. All right. Third thing that we fight in our life is worldliness. Somebody get 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. And then somebody get Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. Go ahead and read. As unknown. And yet, well known. First Corinthians chapter six, verses nine through eleven. That's sorry, my bad. That's my bad. Somebody say, "Help them, Lord." First Corinthians chapter six, verses nine through eleven. Know ye not? Know that the, ye not
0: that the unrighteous shall yes, not inherit shall not inherit
1: the kingdom of God? Now Paul is preaching to the church in Corinth that had so much wickedness and evil in the church. There was so much immorality in the church that Paul said, I'm hearing things going on in the fellowship of God's people that I don't even hear in in, in the fellowship of the world. And Corinth was a place that was full of immorality. It was so bad that when Paul first showed up there, Paul said, I can't even start a church here. And God said, no, Paul, stay because I have much people in the city. And God gave him this great revival in a year and a half. And he writes back and he says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Go on. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators. Neither fornicators.
0: Nor idolaters. Nor idolaters. Nor adulterers. Nor adulterers. Nor nor effeminate. Nor effeminate. Nor abusers of themselves. Nor effeminate.
1: Can I say that? Again, can I pause there? People who are trying to be something that God did not create them to be. That word right there folks if you if you need you need a good little study you can study that out. The perversions of Rome was so great that they would take young men as children and they would raise them up for the service of certain ungodly things and 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 the politicians in Rome and all these people would 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 ex, would abuse them and and it is unbelievable and that's what Paul is speaking out against. Don't let this be something that creeps into your life. Amen. Can I tell you, why would you want to act like that? Why would you want to dress like that? Why would you want to associate with that? Why would you want to identify with things that are exploiting and misusing and abusing all kinds of people? We're seeing right now the unraveling of things in Hollywood. Hello, it's about time. These things have been known for for literally decades, but nobody would say anything. We just keep going to the box office. We just keep paying our money. We keep supporting these celebrities who do all of these ungodly and these vile things. And now they're coming out. And that's what Hollywood, it's getting quiet here on Sunday night, but that's what Hollywood has been promoting. Can I tell you, there ought to be something inside of a born again child that says, I don't want to act like that. I'm fighting against that. I don't want that in my heart. I don't want that in my home. I don't want that in my spirit. I don't want that in my life. Come on. Did God save you? He saved us out of that stuff. Why would I want to go back? Why would I want to go back to that stuff? Nor abusers of themselves with mankind. Read on. Nor thieves. Read on. Sorry. Go ahead. It's on the screen. Nor
0: thieves. Yes. nor covetous, yes. nor drunkards, all right. nor revilers, right. nor extortioners, all right. shall inherit the kingdom of God.
1: Yes, so there they go. They've settled the score. This is not going to happen. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. God is not allowing this into the kingdom of God. But go on to the next verse, because and this is where the power is. And such were some of you. And such were some of you. But
0: you are washed. But you're washed. But you are saved Sanctified. Sanctified. But you are justified. You're justified. In the name of our Lord Jesus. And by the Spirit of our God.
1: You know what Paul's saying? Paul is saying, look, church, look, God pulled you out of this. God set you free. God delivered you from this. Why would you want to go back and flirt with sin, associate with sin, invite that, pull up a chair to the table and think that it's going to be okay. God redeemed you out of that. I don't know about you, but I am thankful for what God has saved me from. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. Amen. I was raised in church, thank God, and He saved me, us. Yes. He didn't save me out of the gutter, but He saved some of my ancestors out of the gutter. And I know how gross and how bad and how nasty and how horrible it was. I don't even talk about it publicly. I don't tell, I don't tell, what, I don't tell what I found in my ancestral research. I don't talk about it because it was absolutely, it was the bottom, it was the bottom of the bottom. And God got a hold of those people and God saved those people. And God filled those people with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and they repented of their sins and were baptized in Jesus' name. And God did in one generation what couldn't happen. Generation upon generation upon generation. The power of the Holy Ghost broke the curse of sin. And from there it began to be a blessing from a blessing to a blessing. And I have inherited the blessings of God. Why would I want to go back? So you got to fight against that. That's what Paul says. you got to fight against that, that worldliness that comes inside. And can I tell you, we've got to be careful because that we don't allow ourselves to be entertained by the wicked and the evil of the world. If that is piquing your pleasure system, can I tell you, you are chasing after the wrong things. You know that Sunday night, it's good good that you're in church on Sunday night, and I'm, I'm coming to a close. It's good that you're in church on Sunday night. Sunday night, is the highest use of pornography on the internet in North America. We have somewhere around, what, 350 million people here in the United States of America. And and the major pornographic sites, just the major ones, not even all the subsidiaries, not even talking about the dark internet and all that other stuff that's way deep down in there that people get involved in, but just the major sites report that over 62 million unique users a day in the United States of America are engaging in pornography. You think of the stats on that. You think of what's happening on that. Over 62 million unique users a day on average in North America, right here in the good old U.S. of A, are engaging in pornographic activity online, and they say its highest and its biggest peak is on Sunday evenings. In fact, that is why they are saying that that is why the NFL ratings are really down. That's the untold story of why the NFL's ratings are down and the NFL is looking at it, they are competing against pornography. That's the thing that's not making news. That's the thing that's not making the media. And if 62 million unique users are doing that, what about all the people that are on their way to it, are on the path to that? Can I tell you, that's the thing that God pulled us out of. That's the thing that God saved us from. I don't want that stuff in my life and I'm going to do everything I can to fight, to keep that spirit out of my home, to keep that spirit out of my heart, to keep that Spirit, don't touch my children, don't touch my marriage, don't touch my family, don't touch my church. This is what God saved us from, and we've got to be willing to fight, fight. Thank God for every parent, amen, in this room that's monitoring your children's digital activity. I didn't have to live through that, I I didn't even need an email. You know how old I am, kids? I didn't even need an email until I was in college. So Somebody say, wow, that's, that's old. There's some people in here don't even have email, but we won't talk about that. Amen. We didn't have a digital age. We didn't have a digital age. Those things, you got to fight against that. you got to war against that. My parents kept me accountable. Thank God they kept me accountable for those things. So we got to fight against worldliness, the way that it makes itself into our, into our life. Now I'm not preaching against being stylish or cool or whatever. I'm not don't don't miss the point. Don't miss what I'm saying. But when all you've got in your Pinterest page is idol after idol after idol of ungodliness and worldliness and that becomes the thing that you're ascribing to and then we wonder why we find out, you know, how much how much eating disorders we have among young girls in the church. Can I just be real on Sunday night here? Is this all right? Is it am I preaching too hard? And then we wonder why we have all of this kind of stuff. And I'm saying, well, you know, when they're exposed to that 10 hours a day and they get a prayer meeting once every three months and a Sunday night once every other, how how do you expect to combat all of that stuff? you got to fight. My parents fought for my salvation. They fought for my salvation. They sacrificed for my salvation. I watched my parents, my mom go back to school and get her GED, go back to college and to go get a job, my dad worked two hours, or or not two hours, but two jobs every week, and he'd come home and I'd see him for about two hours of a time. He did that for seven years. I don't know how in the world he did it. And he sacrificed and he sacrificed and he sacrificed because we lived in the inner city in one of the roughest, one of the rougher school districts, rather, one that my mom is so bad that my mom had dropped out in her generation because the riots were so bad. She was in fear for her life, constant knife fights and everything else. And they said, we'll not put him in this. And they sacrificed to send me to a Christian school. Now I'm not saying you have to send your kid to a Christian school, but what I am saying is you have to. be willing to do whatever it is necessary to fight against whatever it, whatever it is that's coming against your family, against your home. And I hasten on. So we fight, against spiritual, we fight against spiritual wickedness. We fight against principalities, kingdom enemies. We fight against false doctrine. We've got to fight against false doctrine. Can I tell you, if you allow false doctrine in your family and in your home, be careful because what you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. Be careful when you are dismissive of the Word of God. And then the third thing we fight is we fight worldliness. And then fourthly and finally, we fight indifference. We fight sleep, spiritual sleep. And I'm coming to a close if, if you'll help me with the music tonight. Mark chapter number 13. Christ comes to His disciples and He asks them, would you just tarry with me one hour? He's getting ready to go to the cross and He's praying that prayer. <laughs> Will you not tarry with me one hour? He comes on two occasions. He finds them sleeping, sleeping. They were more concerned about their slumber than they were their spiritual warfare. Can I tell you, in Romans chapter 13 and verse 11 and then 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6. If you have Romans chapter 13 and verse 11, I don't know if we can get that on the screen. But Paul writes here and he tells us and says this, and that knowing the time that now, somebody say now. Now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Folks, we can no longer, we we are not living in the same culture that our parents grew up in or our grandparents fought for. We're not even even in the same country. We're not even in the same country, folks. I know that's heartbreaking. I know that's heart-wrenching for so many people but we're not even in the same country. We're not even in the same world. The world is so global already. It's it's already happening on such a huge shift. This thing is a powder keg in in a moment. And so here we are. We don't, we can't just put our life on autopilot anymore. And say, well, I just go to church on Sundays and I'll just go get a job and just do my thing and I'll be okay. No, I'm going to tell you, you are fighting like never before. The enemy is fighting for access to your soul like never before. You don't have the luxury to be a pacifist in the spiritual army of God. And just say, I just want to be indifferent. I don't want to rustle anybody's feathers. No, because your silence will take a stand. Because soon people are going to be counted going to be counted among those that are preaching the gospel and there's going to be a cost that's involved. There's going to be a cost that's involved. Jesus said this you'll be hated of all men for my name's sake. And he said they hated me first so what makes you think they're not going to hate you? When the spirit of the world really gets a hold of our culture and our community, they are doing everything that they can. And I say they. I'm using that word ambiguously because people come and people go, but the Spirit hastens on. They're doing, it's doing everything it can to destroy any moral high ground. You cannot sit down and watch a movie. You cannot sit down and watch television. You cannot just prop something up and trust that it's going to be okay and innocent. You have to vocally speak out. Say, now kids, here's why we don't agree with that. Here's why they're wrong. Here's what's going on. You've got to fight. You've got to constantly combat and you've got to constantly contend. So so I I listen to the best news that I think is out there and I talk back with all the time because, hey, I know what's out. Okay, come on. Let's do it. All right, let's talk about it. Well, here's why. You know why that argument works for them? It works for them because they totally wiped out the Word of God. They did not even stand on the Word of God. Or, hey, this is right, but they're taking that and they're twisting this or they're doing all that stuff. And you've got to fight against everything that is coming out there. We cannot just be indifferent and asleep at the wheel. And too often we're asleep at the wheel. The news just comes in our brain and it goes out our brain and it just is what it is. and We don't think about it. It just is what it is. And we never react. We never have a response kind of thing. Can I tell you, we cannot live for God on autopilot anymore. We must engage. Now is the time to make a commitment and a, have a conviction and to get passionate about the things of God. You know why I'm giving my life? You know why I'm fighting? Amen. Because I still believe that drug addicts can walk off the street and come down and be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and God can change their life. I still believe that the suicidal can come. Amen. And in one touch of God's grace, in God's mercy, and through the power of the revelation of Jesus Christ, they can find their true identity as the made in the image of God. I still believe that victory, that goodness triumphs evil. I still believe that God is greater than anything. Amen. That can come. So we got to fight for that. We got to fight for that. So we come into the house of worship. I come in passionate. You know why? Because I'm here today. I'm not here. to. I did not come to please anybody else. I came, God, to do spiritual warfare. That means I want there to every stronghold to be broken. I want there to be as much liberty as there can. And so when I come in, I lift my voice in worship. And I know sometimes I'm not always on key when I sing. But I'm lifting my voice because I want hell to know that I'm lifted up in the name of the Lord. Put forth everything in our effort. We. We preach with passion, we pray with passion, we worship with passion, and we live with passion, and we talk with passion. Why? Because we're in a warfare, and I never saw somebody singing zippity doo while they were on the front lines of a battle. No, there was some, there was some adrenaline going, there was some passion there. Can I tell you, we're fighting for souls. We're fighting for eternity. We're fighting for the kingdom of God. Stand together with me tonight. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6. Did somebody get that? You can put it up on the screen. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6. Let, therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Let's watch. Let's look for what's going on. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day Be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and foreign helmet, the hope of salvation. So Paul here is echoing to himself the same thing. You've got to take on the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God. So have you picked up the shield of faith? Are you willing to fight? Now I'm I'm going to give a different altar call tonight. Are you willing to fight? That's the question. How willing are you to fight? Are you willing to give your life for this cause? Are you willing to give everything that you've got to this. I want to say thank you to every one of our elders that are around here that have given your life to faithfulness in the house of God. Faithfulness serving God. You've been faithful. There are people in here that have been faithful for decades. Every Sunday. putting. Why? You know what you're doing? You're doing spiritual warfare right there. We preached about it last week, our spiritual veterans. But are you willing to give your all? Are you willing to lay your life down? In the name of Jesus, can you bow your heads with me? Lord, I thank you tonight for your truth. And I thank you for the liberating power of truth. I thank you for the blessing of the Holy Ghost that we have in our life. I thank you for the word of God that speaks to us. And I pray right now tonight, God, that there would be a commitment, a determining decision in our life and in our mind that we will consecrate and commit everything that we have to you. And passion. Give you all. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. And I wonder if we could bow our heads, keep our heads bowed, nobody looking around. This is just between you and God. Someone, God is calling someone tonight. He's calling someone to greater engagement in a spiritual warfare. And I don't want anybody looking around. This is just between you and God. But if God is calling you and you're willing to answer, you're willing to answer, you're willing to surrender, I want you just to lift up your hand and say, God, I'm going to make a commitment right now in Jesus' name. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost right here. Spirit of the Lord is here right now in Jesus' name. God, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God is calling somebody right now. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's going on. But those that have raised their hand, God knows right where you're at. God knows the battle that you're in, and God knows the battle that you're going to face. And he's going to give you strength. He's going to give you strength for every battle right now. Church, would you begin to lift up the name of the Lord right now? I want you to begin to intercede for those that have raised their hand. Come on, God is calling them. Some of you need to step out here and come to an altar tonight and lay your life on the altar and say, God, I'm going to give you everything. Some of you right now need to push back those people. But church, I want you to begin to intercede. Would you begin to intercede right now? God, raise up laborers. Raise up warriors right now in the Holy Ghost. Raise up warriors in the Spirit. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God's Spirit is calling somebody.